Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 27. This is a very frightening verse. It says, when your dread comes like a storm and your destruction like a whirlwind. By the way, God is going to speak to Job next in a whirlwind. It's going to be insane. When distress and anguish overwhelm you, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. What? I just said call out to God. But it says that I will, they will call, they will not answer. What's the second thing I said? How, how, how must we call? In humility. He says, they will call, I will not answer. Look, they will earnestly seek me. That messed up with me. They will earnestly, I said, God, that sounds like they're actually doing it the right way. But when you look at the word, it says they will formally seek me, earnestly, in formality. They'll wear their suit, they'll wear their tie, and they will earnestly seek me. They'll do all the rituals. Rituals does not mean humility. Obedience does not mean love. They will do it earnestly, but, I will, but will not find me. In other, words, in other words, they will do all the right things, but they will not be real. They will do all the right things, but they're not real. For they hated knowledge and chose not to fear the Lord. They hated knowledge and they chose not to fear the Lord. Church, do you fear the Lord? Don't answer me out loud. This is for you to answer within your spirit in honesty before God. Do you fear the Lord? Do you fear God? Do you have a sense of humility and deep grounded respect and reverence for God? Or are you sitting in your oppression and saying, what's the point? And if you're recognizing the sound of oppression and you want to get out of it, you need to have a deep sense of reverence towards God and say, God, I'm calling out to you and I'm calling out to you in humility. Even if it's tears in your eyes, call out to God. If it's a loud cry of saying, God, I failed you, God. I've disrespected you, Lord. I've disregarded you, God. I've not put you first in my life, God. Call out to God because that's the only way you can go from oppression to redemption. You, your empty words mean nothing. You participating in worship means nothing. You taking part in communion means nothing. You giving your tithe means nothing. You, all your formality is nothing. If you've not come before God in humility and saying, God, I've disrespected you. I've disregarded you. I've run to everything else. I've run to religion, but I've not run to you. I've run to everything that was right, but I've not been real with you. You will still be in your oppression. You know, folks, that's the gospel. This is the good news. What God requires of us, he set an example for us. Jesus, when he came into the world, he says, I did not, do, I did not come into the world to, do, to have my own will, to do my own thing. I only came to do the will of my Father. I came not to do my own thing. I came only to do what God sent me to do. And he's calling you now to call out to God so that you can do what he created you to do. And he says that, I did not come to, 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 to be served, but I came to serve. John chapter 12, I think it is. It says, when the time had come, Jesus got up, took off his outer garment, and tied a towel around his waist. And in humility, he began to wash his disciples' feet. And then he says, you've seen me. I've been your teacher and your master, and I washed your feet. I've done the job of a servant. Now you go do likewise. Not go wash people's feet, literally. Not go through your rituals of humility, but actually walk in humility. He set a perfect example of what it looks like for us to call out to God and what it looks like for us to call out in humility. And for us to, to do everything that we do out of what God calls us to do and everything we do out of humility that God has called us to act out of. We go from oppression to redemption. And I think it's time for celebration. Don't you think so? Amen. I think it's time for celebration. You've got to rejoice in the privilege that you have in Jesus, even in your suffering. Even in your suffering. You see, in celebration... 
It's not celebrating what you've become in this world. It's celebrating what God has done for you on the cross. In the world right now, we're celebrating the achievements of people. But we've stopped, even in the church, we celebrate the achievements of people. We don't celebrate what was achieved for us at the cross. So when we talk about celebration, we want to talk about, let's celebrate, you know, this particular race. Let's celebrate this particular gender. Let's celebrate this particular, you know, person. Let's celebrate this particular week and this particular, you know, event. Let's celebrate Christmas. Let's celebrate Easter. Let's celebrate this and that. But lost in all our celebration is the actual joy that should come for every individual when they find the identity that God has for every single individual. Right now, they're celebrating sexuality in Pride Month. And they're celebrating the fact that they found their identity in their sexuality. I wish that we as a church would not be like that. Where we celebrate something that you've achieved on your own, in your flesh, and think that that's God's blessing on you. You need to find your identity in Jesus Christ. You need to find your identity at the cross. You have to find your identity when you've called out to him. You have to find your identity when you call to him in humility. You've got to find your identity when he calls you out of oppression. Only then will you be able to truly celebrate who you are. There are two things that I think is sacred to man here on this earth. One is his sexuality. And number two is his race, his ethnicity. That, those are two things you're born with. I'm an American citizen, but I'm still an Indian. I still got my head nod, and I still got my accent, and people still ask me, where are you from? No one can take that away from me. And number two is our sexuality. You're born with it. And right now, there are people who are living in oppression, who are saying, God has turned his back on me. God did me wrong. He created me wrong. And they say, what's the point of following God? And my heart breaks for them. And my heart breaks for them and I'm very angry with the church because the church has kicked them out. And we've said, yeah, you're right, there's no point, get out. That's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's very wrong. Instead of saying, my friend, your identity is not in a rainbow flag. My friend, your identity is not in your Afro hair. My friend, your identity is not in your loose jeans and your colorful clothes or the color of your skin or your accent or the food you eat. All that is beautiful. It's sacred that God made you fearfully, wonderfully unique and you've got your issues and so do I. But all of our identity has to be found in Jesus and only then can we truly celebrate the privilege that we have, the leg up and the advantage that we have in this world because a president can come and give a particular race of people an advantage and then he's gone. A leader can come and give a particular person an advantage of a certain situation and he's gone. But Jesus comes and gives you privilege that no one can take away. And that's got to be a resounding amen to that. We oftentimes don't like to talk about privilege because it's a very, it's a word that has high demand like the housing in Boise right now. Everybody wants a piece of it. But no one wants to say, I'm privileged. No one wants to admit to it. And I'll be bold and tell you that as a believer, you have a privilege over everybody else. As a believer, I have a privilege over every single person in the universe as a believer. And that's why I walk by faith. That's why I say what I say. That's why... Even though no commentators have written what I've written, I will stand boldly and I will proclaim the truth because I have a privilege. In fact, it's not going to be up on the screen. And this morning as I was driving over here, this kind of tickled my tummy a little bit. Let me read this for you. Are you ready for this? 
This has got to make you stand and rejoice because of the privilege you have in Jesus Christ. It says, Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it's not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age. If you're sitting here and wondering, what the heck is this guy talking about? Is he getting it from? It's because, baby, it's coming from the Holy Ghost. Elihu says, I'm not speaking because of my gray hair. I'm not speaking because of what I've seen. I'm speaking from the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible tells me that God will give us a wisdom that is not of this age. And the wisdom of this age is doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. You've lost your glory. Because you're holding on to the wisdom of this world. You're following the patterns of this world. It says, none of the rulers of this age understood this. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. What God has, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, what God has prepared for those who love him. But check this out, don't stop that. It says, these things, these amazing things, God has revealed to us through the Spirit. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. So what I'm talking to you this morning is what God has revealed to us through the Spirit. Saying, listen man, you're living in oppression. Hear the sound of it. You're talking about those who walked away from the church, but yet in the church are those who are saying, what's the point? And you're sitting in your, you know, rituals, in your formalities, but you never called out to God. You're not come to Him in humility, and you're sitting in oppression. God says, I want to redeem you. And now, the privilege that God's calling us to, he's saying, the privilege is going to be this. I will show you stuff. I will teach you things. I will help you understand what's really happening right now around you and what you must do. And then, if I can go off on this little prophetic, and then, like what God did with Nehemiah, he uses a heathen king, okay, to write letters and supplies him with all the materials he needs for him to go build the city of God, Jerusalem. God says, I will give you wisdom and I will use other people's stuff. People that don't even come to your church. People that don't even walk with God to bless you. I'll give you houses that you didn't build. Vineyards that you didn't plant. Wells that you did not dig. No, this church doesn't like blessing, does it? <laughs> Lord, I pray, Lord, even if they don't understand this, bless them, Lord. Please, bless them. Give us the wisdom, Lord. Show us the deep and wonderful things that you want to show us. That's a privilege as a believer. Rejoice in your privilege, even in suffering. Okay, you might want to write this down. Oppression is only an opportunity for God to show you the privilege you have in him. Oppression is only an opportunity for God to show you the privilege that you have in him. I do not know what your lifestyle is and where you are right now. You might be on the verge of killing yourself. You might be absolutely misunderstood. You might feel extremely judged and dirty where you are right now. But I want you to know that oppression is only an opportunity for God to show you the privilege that, that you have in him. I know what it's like to live in, in insecurity. I know what it's like to feel ugly and to feel like you're a joke. Even today, sometimes when I'm going around, I see people, especially young girls that are giggling in a corner, always think they're laughing at me. And I'm like, is my fly down, my hair, like, do I look okay? You know, like, get all, like, I just wear my hat. I'm like, I, I, go, I go to a different coffee shop and study, you know? I know what it's like to be insecure. I know what it's like when I'm talking to people and they take two steps back. I'm like, my, my breath stink, you know? <laughs> like, is it just me? You know, it's weird. In a very small scale, okay? I'm just being funny, but that's true. But I know what it's like to feel insecure. I know what it's like to walk into a Christian setting and feel like you don't belong. In fact, I don't think if we had this church, it'd be very hard for me to find a church because I don't fit in to the Christian norm, the Christian you know, world, the bubble. And I hate that bubble. I want to pop it. 
That's why I went planted a church. God's like, go plant a church. Let's pop that bubble. You and me, Joel, let's do this. And I was like, okay, God, thank you. Okay, and you're here because of the same thing. And, and I don't want you to feel isolated, alone, because of your past, because of who you are, because of who your dad is, and what you've done, and, and what you're doing right now, and, and the lifestyle you're living, and, and you're trying really hard, but you're failing, and, and, and then you stop trying, and then God's telling you that's a sign of oppression. Why did you stop trying? Keep trying. Keep fighting. Stop call, don't, 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 don't stop calling sin, sin. That's oppression. Let's get to redemption. Call out to me. Call out to me in humility, and I'll bring you in. And I don't want you to feel alone. I don't want you to feel dirty. I don't want you to feel like, like God hates you. This message is because God loves you. This message is because God's inviting you not to look at your surroundings to find your identity, but to look to him, to find your true identity. And so that you can rejoice in your privilege, even your suffering, because oppression is only an opportunity for God to show you the privileges that you have in him. Privilege, once again, is a special right. It's an advantage or an immunity that's granted to you that's available only to a particular person or a group. This is what privilege looks like. I'm going to jump to 2 Peter chapter 2. Just a few verses. The Bible tells us that you are a chosen race. Huh. Not because of the color of your skin, but because you're washed in the blood of Jesus. You're a special race. I'm a special race. And while the world is trying to shut down races, while the world is trying to shut down people groups, the Bible tells me I have a privilege of being a part of a special race, no matter what color I am, no matter where I'm from, if I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. I have a special race. And then he says, you're a royal priesthood. I'm not just a special race. I'm royalty, baby. Call me sire, okay? (laughs) You see, royal priesthood. This This is awesome. I wish I could just preach a whole sermon on the royal priesthood. You don't understand the confidence that you should walk in when you go out into the world. You're a royal priesthood, man. Royal priesthood. You see, the priests were from a special tribe of Levites. And if anybody else tried to perform the duties of a priest, he was cursed. (laughs) Saul, at one point, the first king of Israel, this guy is King Melech Saul. King Saul, head and shoulders above everybody else. King Saul, you've read about him, right? Saul was a mighty man. He says, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has 10,000. But Saul had killed a thousand, don't forget. Saul, first king of Israel, man. Remembered in history. And Saul gets so prideful and he goes at one point and he acts as a priest. And you know what God does to him? God curses him and says, because you did that, not one king is going to come from your generation. That's all the time we have for today. But we would like to hear from you. Our address is PO Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app. Available in your app store.